Welcome to the Shopway Show. Yes, I am here this evening. A little bit late. It is 8 p.m. I know. Usually it's a 7 p.m. thing. I know. Sorry, guys. I apologize. I'm, some of you know, doing a lot of stuff right now, turning a lot of stuff going, but I still want to be able to do the show as I always say I will, at least a couple times a week, at least, right? I was away this uh, earlier this week, running around New York State. Last night, I was in Putnam County. Some of you might have seen I did a, a live from there on my uh, Larry Sharp Facebook page. So those of you who wanted to see that, you can feel free to check that one out if you like. And I'm here now, a little bit late, been on the phone all day long, and I'm asking people the same thing. And I'm asking you now, please like, comment, and share all three of those, or share and comment and like, whatever the case may be. The more we do it, the more we can hopefully break some of those horrible algorithms that beat us up all the time. I do appreciate that. And there are several things that I wanted to, I guess, bring up. I feel like, and let me be very clear, I am obviously biased. So take that any way you want. I'm clearly biased. And at the same time, any little change to me is a positive change, right? If I can get a change. I feel like the country is moving a little bit closer to libertarianism. That's what I feel. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe you'll tell me something else. It, those of you who know me know that I don't spend most of my time, well, up until recently, I usually don't spend most of my time, you know, only around libertarians. I'm always trying to get around other people other than libertarians to get a good feel for what the country and the state is. But there are certain things that I think bring us together. One of those, I think, blue not, is the economy. Right. People think, oh, oh, you know, is it always about the money? You libertarians about the money. Well, not it's not about the money. It's about a safe lifestyle that very often means I need money. Right. So it isn't the money that's the issue. It's the safe lifestyle. And when I say safe, I don't just mean that I'm not going to be shot. Clearly, that's part of it. But I'm going to be able to, you know, have basic lifestyle things like I'm going to be able to buy my groceries at the store. I'm going to be able to not have to decide between gas and medicine, stuff like that, right? So I feel like that is making a lot of people feel together. And they're saying, the things I've been voting for aren't working. The people who have been supposed to be protecting me aren't protecting me. The people who are supposed to be attacking me, is it really them attacking me? Or is it somebody else attacking me? Or the people who are supposed to be my enemy Aren't they also suffering? I feel like that's happening. Maybe I'm wrong. But that makes me feel like people are saying, I want a third party. I want something else. And hey, those libertarians, they've been talking about this stuff for a while. huh? And the biggest piece, of course, is inflation. Now, we've been screaming as libertarians about inflation for how many decades? <laughs> Not even years. We've been talking about this for decades, right? So for decades, we've been talking about inflation, and now we're seeing it hit and hit hard. And when I used to talk to people about this, I would say, I remember when my parents bought their house. They bought a house in the 70s. And, oh, 80s, 70s, I forgot. I think late 70s, early 80s. I think it was late 70s. And their interest rate was like 13% or something like that. I'm not making that up. It's in that area, right? 14, 13, whatever it was, something like that. 
And they weren't unhappy with that because lots of people had mortgages at 10 or 12 or, you know, back then that was a thing that you did. Why in the world would you, you say that's a good thing, Larry, or why would you think that's, you know, a bad thing or whatever? Because the Fed wasn't deciding randomly what everything was and creating a massive amount of false inflation. They weren't using quantitative easing. It was money was more or less valuable and interest rates went up or down. I know, crazy, right? But now that doesn't happen. And we're having massive amounts of inflation. And all it took was something like COVID. Sorry, that's not true. Not COVID. Let me be very clear. What it took was government shutdowns. Uh, it took government shutdowns, ostensibly based upon COVID reaction and worry, that caused all of this to happen. And now we see massive inflation. People are paying attention now. They're sitting there going, you know what? Maybe this is something different. There's something else we've been talking about, and that is the idea that local also matters. Libertarians are always talking about, to the best of our ability, localized, smaller government, localized, local matters, local. We've been yelling local for how many decades, right? All the time. I'm, I'm always talking about local, local, local. And now they're going, maybe that's right. Does my county or my town need to be you know, told what to do from some city hundreds of miles away? In some cases, thousands of miles away. Is that what makes sense? I feel like people are starting to get it. And I'm hoping that we can take advantage. Because what I'm worried about is two things. One, they just go the opposite. So if I was Democrat, it doesn't work. I'm a rush over to Republicans. If I'm a Republican, it doesn't work. I'm a rush over to Democrats. And I think that's what most of them are doing. They just They know theirs isn't working. And there's the other guy. So I guess the other guy's better now. So they're running to the other side. But the fringes are bothering them. So if you were a Democrat, you don't like fringe Republicans. If you were a Republican, you don't like fringe Democrats. So you go across, but you hate the fringe. Well, that doesn't feel good at all. Or you check out. That's the one I hate. I hate checking out. Well, the other one is you search for a third party. Hopefully you know somebody like one of us and you're a libertarian and you come to libertarian parts, great. Or you think, well, some guy like Yang, he's got this party or whatever, let's go over to him. So I think all those things are happening. We have to be savvy and open so that as they're getting pushed out of their parties or running out of their parties, that we're able to take them and bring them into ours. That's the piece. So let me grab some comments. That's where my head is. I don't know if you guys are in the same head or not. So, yes. All right. Charles says, yeah, I'd love to see that. Me too, Charles. I hope I'm right. I really do hope I'm right. Nazim says, hopefully sooner than later. I'll take it whenever I possibly can. Yes, as much as I possibly can. David says, freedom wants freedom for themselves, but not the other guy. David, I'm not sure people want freedom. And that might sound a little bit crazy, but... I'm serious. I think what people want is what I talked about, which is feeling like you have a safe lifestyle. It, of course, my view, and I think yours is too, that freedom will get us that. But as I mentioned often, and many libertarians don't get this, our movement's not about freedom and liberty. If it is, we're finished. It's not about that. Our movement is about happiness. Yes, happiness, life, Liberty, pursuit, 
of happiness. How do you get to happiness? Freedom. So freedom is a means to an end, not an end. Because to be free, you also have to be free to not be free. Some people don't want to be free, David. <clears throat> and we should let them not be free. As long as, they don't, as long as they don't bother us and let us be free. So I'm not sure people actually want freedom. I think they want happiness, which often is a safe lifestyle. Not always, depends on where you come from. If you've come from an area where there isn't much safety, then of course you want a safe lifestyle. If you have come from that where, where it's always been safe, you take it for granted. And you want more things like freedom and such. So I think safety might... What I would say is freedom is a means to an end, not the end itself. All right. Um, let's see if I go down here. All right. Um, Karen says, LOL, I just threw this video to all the TVs in my kids' rooms. Oh, okay. I like it. Okay. Yes. Selena says, new libertarian here as of 2020. Yes. See? Thank you. Welcome, Selena. Welcome. Yes. We need more and more. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Craig says, I've been waiting 30 years for a libertarian tilt. Hope a big leap is happening. Craig, I feel like there, and here's why I feel like it is happening. And some of you may have, some of you newer libertarians, like Selena, may not know this. We've been around for a bit. You'll probably notice it. A lot of libertarians are staying through tragedy, through loss, and they're still staying strong. That's actually still happening. Um, the example I'll give is Spike, me, others. Um, I mean, you can see many of them that just keep that's that that keep on going even when they lose. And there's many of them. I I, I could be probably ten of them. But you know what I'm saying that that if you go back 20 years, some libertarian, if they actually run, I need to be clear on this. There are libertarians who were doing paper runs forever, saying I'm running for this, and then they they put their piece of, they write their piece of paper down, they write their name down on a piece of paper, and go I'm running, and they don't do anything. And then that person stays on forever. But the person who actually goes out, tries hard, tries to build a team, tries to raise money, tries to make something happen, gets their butt kicked, used to be they would never come back. They'd say, that's the end. I'm out. I'm out. Or I'll see you in four years. That's it. Now we're finding more and more people stay and keep going and keep going, keep going. We also see people getting on better media hits. Also, we're seeing that too. So I feel like this is our time because there's a window that's that's starting to close. You feel it. I do too. We're fighting so much that we want to make sure that if we don't change now. All right. Some of you know that I'll often do. I'll often do work with groups or people or couples that are in trouble, fighting, upset, angry. And one of the first things I do is I try to create what I call the third entity. So if it's an executive team, you begin to ask if people care about the business or the mission, whatever that is. And if when they start talking, they start yelling and screaming about, but but Jane did this, but Bob did this, but Phil did that, but Louie did this, and they go back and forth. They say, whoa, 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 I got it. People are fighting, but do you care about the mission? Do you care about the business? And the goal is to get everyone in the room who's an executive team to go, yeah, I do. Good. Let's talk about fixing the business, not whether you're mad at Jane or whether you're mad at Bill. That's secondary. How about primary? Where about the business? If 
we're worried about a relationship. Do you care about the relationship? No, but she did, but he did. I, I got to keep the relationship. If they go, yeah, okay, now let's start talking. I feel like we have to find that third entity here. And sadly, it isn't the country because we're almost chopping ourselves in separate countries. If that's not having the third entity, in this case, it's a third party. It's another group that you can talk to, that you can chat with, right? So when I come in, I'm often that person. I'm the person you can talk to. I, I didn't piss off Jane. I didn't piss off you know Bill. So they can talk to me because I didn't piss them off. I then create the third entity from me. Well, we can do that too. Libertarian Party can say, no, no, you can talk to us and we can fix the country. You can talk to us and we can fix the culture. You can talk to us and we can fix the nation, the community. So I think that's how we have to do it. And I feel like that's happening now because if we don't do that soon, the damage becomes so deep that we can't communicate anymore. That now left and right does not even communicate anymore. And when that, when that happens, there will be violence. I would like to not have violence. So, yes. There's races. I think people are tired of the duopolies BS. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, Gene says, I got home from work in time to see a show. Well, yes, because I, I was waiting for you. I was going to go early. I was like, oh, no, I got to make sure I go late for you. I'm kidding. But, yes, that does sound great. Yes. Um, so, there are concierge, concierge doctor services that a common man can afford. There are. Um, I don't know the details of them, but the more of them that there are, the, the better it will be. How do I know that? I know this because, again, if you look at any medical services that are non-essential, the government doesn't run. You hear me say this all the time. Cosmetic dentistry, body enhancements, any of those things, right? Um, eye surgeries, any of those things. In every case, and I mean Every single case, every time you have watched the price go down, accessibility go up, price has gone down, accessibility has gone up, and uh, service has gotten better in every single case. So now we're starting to have concerts, doctor services. Those of you who don't know what that is, that's basically month. you pay a monthly fee, right? Here's a monthly fee. You can go to your doctor whenever you want to. They're, you're, already getting, you're, already, you're already paying them, so their goal is to keep you healthy. You don't always have to end up in a in a um, a procedure or a prescription or a test because that doesn't matter. They're getting paid already. And what the most popular one now, I think, is one called Forward, like the political party. And if I remember right, they're about 150 bucks a month, and you get to have all their services. Now there may be details to be forward, but let's say they're more expensive. Is that 500 bucks a month? Whatever. For most people, 500 bucks a month is still cheaper than what they're paying. And if more people start paying it, it'll come down. How do I know that? That happens every single time. So I'll cover something briefly for those of you who aren't aware of this. One of the reasons why the service is so bad in the current insurance market is because you're not the customer, Henry. The customer is either the insurance company or the government. You're in the way. So they don't care if you're happy. Who cares if you're happy or not? You're going to go to the doctor that's in your system. You don't like it. You can't afford it. So you'll go where they tell you to go. And you will because you're worried and scared. And you'll go broke if you don't. So you do it. And whenever you show up, they make money when you're sick. If you're not sick, they don't make money. It's in their best interest for you to be sick. 
I'm not joking. This is how it works. They're not bad people. That's the system. The doctors get paid if you're sick, right? If you need a test or procedure or if you need a prescription, they get paid. So every single time you go to the doctor's office, it ends in one of three things, a test, a procedure, or prescription. Of course it does. But when you have concierge uh, services, they're getting paid no matter what. It's like a gym membership, right? You get, they get paid. So they're hoping that you're never sick. They would like you to be healthy forever. So that means in their best case, they will go out of their way to try to keep you healthy. They don't want to give you a, a random procedure or test or anything because why would they? They're already getting paid. So their goal is to keep you as, as healthy as possible. They would love for you to just pay monthly and never come up, come ever. So would I. I would love to be healthy forever and never need to go to a doctor. Our our interest is aligned. And that's why those are interesting. So I hope that was clear. All right. Um, let's see if I can keep going here. Um, Dan says, tax, 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 pay more money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Shelly says, a virus never took anyone's money or job or lifestyle. That's true. I say it all the time. COVID is real. No doubt. People who think it's a hoax, not true. It's absolutely real. And on top of that, um, when it comes to a certain demographic, generally speaking, about over 65-ish or so with a pre-existing condition, COVID is the plague for that group. The, the death rate is something like 25 or 30%. It's the plague. It's a serious problem if you're in that demographic. If you're out of demographic, it can hurt you, but the odds are a whole lot less. That's all it is. The odds are a whole lot less. So it takes lives. It hurts people, kills people. Absolutely. It does not take a job or money or lifestyle. It doesn't shut a business down. You're correct. Only government does that. Absolutely. That's what government does. So, yes. All right. Let's see if I can keep going here. Um, let's see here. David says, we had stagflation in the 1970s, high interest rates, and a stagnant economy. Now we have low interest rates and high prices. The inverse of stagflation is just as crappy. Well, David, I think valid point. Yes, I'm, I'm not happy. Actually, I'd rather have the stagflation if I have the choice right? Both are bad, but I actually think stagflation is less, what do I always use, the horribleometer? So stagflation is lower on the horribleometer. What we have now, inflation is worse on the horribleometer. Stagflation is still bad, but if I have to pick one horrible thing over another, I'll take stagflation because at least stagflation gives a feeling or a sense of safety or I guess predictability, which means now the average American isn't afraid or worried. They just they are holding on. That's better. That's less bad, if it makes any sense. And now we can rethink things. So I would, if I have to pick between two horrible things, I'll take stagflation. I think it's a less horrible thing. So maybe disagree. That's my view. So, all right. Um, Zach says, got to check in on my break at work. Normally watching late. Uh, at night after it was great to see you in Oklahoma a couple of weeks ago. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for supporting Natalie Bruno. Natalie's amazing. She's a great human being. I'm very happy to support Natalie. Those of you who may be listening in Oklahoma or nearby, uh, Natalie Bruno is running for governor. She's an amazing person. I think you adore everything that she is. If you have a moment, please check her out. Uh, Natalie Bruno for governor of Oklahoma. Great person. Please check her out. Yes, Zach, you're totally right. Absolutely. 
James says defending Democrats by comparing them to Republicans is like defending Jeffrey Dahmer by comparing him to Ted Bundy. <laughs> wow. Okay. I-, I may use that one, James. And I'm probably not going to give you any credit, but I might give you a little bit. Probably not. But anyway, that's a good one. I like that. So, yeah. Well, Lisa didn't eat him. So there we go. Yes. Lisa didn't eat him. He killed him. He just didn't eat him. That's all. Yes. Ryan says, it's not that the government needs all the tax revenue. What they need is dependence. So they need someone to spend the tax revenue on? Okay. I'm... Yes, there's one, I got to add to that, Ryan. I think that's correct. And I have to put an and on top of that. And grifters, right? And and the best example I can bring up for this recently was the war in Afghanistan. The Afghanistan war was a 20-year, $2 trillion grift. A lot of people making a lot of money. Now, are those, could you argue, and maybe you are, arguing that these companies are dependents, right? They're the ones who depend on the government to give them the money to make the jobs. But So if your argument is those large organizations are also dependents, yes. I just want to make sure you add the grifters into that picture you're making. It isn't just the individual who's waiting for a handout. It is also large organizations who are waiting, basically called, they're called rent seekers, who are waiting for corporate handouts. So if you add corporations or if that was included, Yes. If not, we got to add corporations to that just to make sure we're all there. So, yes. Logic says definitely in the same headspace, take over local level, then work our way up. I think that, you know, of, of all the bad things that happened in COVID, that was the COVID lockdowns. That was an advantage. That was, that was a silver lining in that people were able to kind of get that local matters, right? Many people just had no idea. I, I didn't. I wish I knew what my kids were learning. I mean, I knew my my older kid was learning because she was sharing it with me, right? I have a teenager who now is 17 and a younger uh, uh, daughter who now is 11. My younger daughter, she wasn't really sharing much of what she was doing in school. So I didn't know very much. You had to go there and figure it out. My older daughter was sharing more. So I was getting more of, of her, but I wasn't getting much of my younger one. Now we got it all. And it's not good. And I pulled my younger daughter out of school. We're homeschooling now. Yeah. So I would agree. It does matter. 100%. Yes. So, all right. Jonathan says, hey, Larry, too many people want things nice and easy and don't like change. Yeah, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? For, for someone to want a safe lifestyle, that's not necessarily a bad thing. The, the problem is when you start pushing on others, right? I mean, I don't know. What if you're, a, as an example, you're a 65-year-old person who busted your rump for 40 years working. You're like, you know what? I want to lay around a little bit. I don't want stuff to change. I want to hang around. I want to watch football and whatever. Do my laundry when I want to do my laundry. And I just want to hang out for another 20 years or so, whatever. I'm making this up, right? Is that necessarily a bad thing? No. I want to go on vacation to Florida twice a year or something, right? Nice and easy. Don't bug me. Not necessarily a bad thing. Unless they're saying, now, none of you can do anything either. You all got to sit home and watch football like I do. Then we have a problem. So 
I'm not sure that's a bad thing, except when it becomes when it becomes policy. Right. That's the problem. The problem is the policy issue, because some people want to do crazy stuff. They want to you know, jump out of airplanes and stuff and go rock climbing and mountain climbing and, and stuff like that. Right. And other people go, that guy's crazy. She's not. She's going to go jump out of an airplane. Who would do that? She's insane. Yeah, but she can if she wants to, as long as she's not making anybody else do it. So I'm not sure this is necessarily a problem. The problem is is assuming that because I want it, I have to project it onto you and that I am your mother or father or grandma or grandpa. And now, Jonathan, you know, don't do that because I think it's not good. That's the problem. Chris, uh, Kirsten says, I don't think people are, for the most part, making the connection between all the freebies they want and vote for a government to hand out and the detrimental effect on the economy. Yeah, I think this is, yes. I think you're right. Most people that I I think when they look at this, they think the economy is bad. Like it's almost as if it's a it's on its own and it has it's not being affected by government at all. Like this just evil economy. It's just like doing stuff. I I think some people actually feel that way, Curse. I think they're right. You're right. And they go, government help. And then when government does something and doesn't work, they go. Government, you're not helping enough. Help more. Meanwhile, government's hitting them over the head with a bat. And they're like, help more. Okay, I'll hit you harder. I don't know what you want. Right? So they just, government keeps smacking us harder. And we keep saying, will you just, will you help right already? Just help, keep helping more. And I, I feel like you might be right on this one. People aren't understanding that a lot of the problems, a lot, most of the problems that the economy is having is because of government intervention. And then more government intervention keeps making more problems. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. Absolutely. Yes. Um, keep going here. Logic says, also agree. It seems a lot of people now more than ever rather feel safe than be free. Yeah. And I think it's because, yes. But I don't want to, I don't want to blame them because there's no value in blaming them. Generally speaking, people re- react to their environment, right? They they react to their environment. If we create an environment where they're, if we create an environment to where things can happen and the snake can jump out and bite you, people start getting afraid the snake's going to jump out and bite them, right? They just feel that. And I think the crashes have made people worry. I think things like 9-11 have made people worry. Things like that have made people worry. And then they want to feel safe. And they believe, because they've been told this, that you can't be safe and be free. And that's not true. I would argue the opposite. I would argue the freer you are most of the time, not always, but most of the time, the safer you are. And and here's an example. I'll give you a direct example in my city, New York. My city, New York, was literally, literally the center of 9-11, right? Literally. Ground zero is here in Manhattan. Yes, correct. Other terrorist attacks. We have been ground zero terrorist attacks. There is no law, no red flag law in New York City or New York State that forces you to tell if there's a if if you think someone might be a bad guy going to do some bad thing. You don't have to. Not required. No law. We have a thing that we say in New York all the time. You probably heard it before. If you see something, say something. Everyone in New York knows it. 
If you're in New York City now, you know, you've seen them. It's on the side of a bus or it's in the subway or it's on TV. It's a commercial during the news. You know, if you see something, say something. Always, right? So we still have time. So what happens? We do it. We're not required, but we do it. That's how the only way we have ever stopped any terrorist attack has been that way. That's the way. When we say, hey, this seems wrong. Why is this guy sitting here? That's how we stop them. Again, free people caring about their environment and community, thriving in their environment and community, going to the cops and going, the guy who stopped the Times Square bomber was a guy who had, I think it was, I think it was, it was some kind of vendor truck. I think it was a hot dog van or cart, maybe. It was some type of a vendor, food vendor. He's making money. He's living his life in New York City. He's got kids going to school. He's got a family. He's feeding his family. He's liking America. He's like, this is working. I'm good. I'm not letting some dude screw this up. And by the way, both fellow Muslims. So it wasn't a religious thing or a race thing. The guy was like, that guy's doing something wrong. He's going to screw up my game. No. Call the cops. Caught him. So I would argue that you can be free and safe. And most of the time, the free you are, the safe you are, because you have skin in the game, because you care. Take action. So that's what I think. All right. Katrina says, both Democrat and Republican parties are a mess. The Libertarian Party gives me hope. Thank you. We are trying. Yes. With um, I, uh, Isaac says, with freedom comes responsibility. Yes, it does, War Dog. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Um, oppression is the largest en- energy waste. Ooh, Sean. Nice. Oppression is the largest energy waste. I like that. Yes. Michael says, Larry Sharp for governor. Wish I could vote for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. But you can't help. You Maybe you can't vote, but you can help. And the way you help, comment, share, like. I changed the order on you. You can comment, you can share, and you can like. All of that helps. So you can help even though you're not here. If you want to help this show specifically, you can take the world's smallest political quiz. If you think that you know people around you who might be libertarian, you can take this quiz, click on that link right there, the one that is in the description. You see that link in the description? Click that link, take that link, click it, and share it so that other people can take it, and they might find themselves to be libertarian more than they expected. Maybe you are too, so you can help by doing that. These are my sponsors, the Advocates for Self-Government. Take that quiz, share it, and what you'll find is that other people will start talking about the issues with you, not left-right paradigm. They'll just start talking about the issue. That's what I want. That's what you want. They may be more libertarian than you think. If they actually figure that out and have good conversations, well, the advocates are happy. They keep sponsoring the show. I want them to sponsor the show, and it's free for you. Two things on your screen right now, commenting, sharing, liking, free. World's smallest book quiz, free. You can do that and help me out. So you can help, even though you can't vote for me. If you want to support the show directly, you can also. Patreon.com slash Sharpway. Ten bucks a month keeps the show going. If you want to support me running around New York State, or do if you want to. LarrySharp.com slash donate. And for you crypto people, you people making a killing on Bitcoin, huh, huh, making all this money on Bitcoin, tell you what, throw some my way. LarrySharp.com slash crypto hyphen donation. 
you know, just throw me like half a Bitcoin. No big deal. Just half a Bitcoin. Throw me half a Bitcoin. Life is good. Just half a Bitcoin. Come on. What are you getting all greedy for? Easy day. All you crypto geniuses people do that. Anyway, I, I appreciate the uh, the feeling, Michael. Absolutely. Yes. Sina says, took me a long time to realize that Dems and GOP are essentially the same. They pick and choose which constitutional rights they want to champion. I got tired of having to pick. Ooh, I like that. What are, you will hear me say always, all of your rights are important all of the time, whether I care about them or not. Uh, Byron says, there are always people that love to be ruled over for some reason. I think some of that's true, but I don't know if they love to be ruled over. I think to the earlier point, I've actually forgotten who said it now. They want to feel safe. And being ruled over by someone actually makes you feel safe and something else. It makes you feel okay because there's no responsibility. As was said earlier, with freedom comes responsibility, right? So if I'm free and something goes wrong, it's kind of my fault. I'm responsible. But if, if Byron, if you're telling me what to do and you're in charge and something goes wrong, well, that's your fault. That's not mine. I'm not responsible. You were in charge. So it's your fault. So it makes it very easy for me to just go, well, Byron, what should I do? Byron, what's the rules? Byron, help, tell, me, tell me what the right answer is. Because if it's wrong, well, it's your fault, not mine. I'm not responsible. It failed. His, Byron said to do it. He told me to. It's his fault. And I know that kind of seems almost juvenile, but there's a there's a reason that people like that. And you're right. It's it's not loving to be ruled over. It's not wanting to have the responsibility. It's more like that. That makes sense. So, yes. All right. All righty. Ryan says there's no quit in Thomas Daniel Queter. This is true. Yes, this is true. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, how do you feel about a Dave Smith run in 2024? People often ask me this question. Is Dave running in 2024? Is that a thing? I'm not trying to be. People get so good. There are a lot of people who just love Dave. I like Dave too. We're friends. I'm a problem with Dave at all. But there are people who just love Dave. But I don't. Is he, has he, is he even close to announcing? Is he announcing? I feel like he's doing his Dave thing. That doesn't mean he's running. Um, if he's going to run, that's great. You better put a policy team together soon. That's all I'm saying. So I, I feel like you're you're asking uh, almost like a hypothetical. I like Dave. I have no problem with him at all. No problem with Dave at all. So, but I don't, I don't know if he's running. You you may be making an assumption here that may or may not be true. Is all I'm saying. So, all right. Uh, Dan says, "Stay strong, Larry. You, you're you're you have my vote. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. This race is. I think it's happening." I switched Libertarian Party this year, and I'm happy at home now. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. Yes. Gene says, my husband asked me if you're governor yet. Soon, I hope. We'll see. Ed says, the difference between an easy life and hard life. We know very better to live in it. We know it's better to live in a hard life than an easy life. Do we? And maybe you do. I'm not sure that's true. We know the cycle about good times makes weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. 
I'm not sure that the average American would accept that as true. How about I say that? You do, and I get that. And I see where you're going with it. But I, I'm not sure many Americans think that way. I mean, specifically looking at the, 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 the generations during the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s that were raised during that time. I'm not sure that's true. Oh, I'm sorry. Not that it's not true. I'm not sure they believe that. So I, I think your assumption that we all believe that may not be true. So I don't know. Kirsten says, it also concerns me how many people are all for criminal justice reform, recognizing that not every offense is the worst thing, etc. until someone they don't like is on trial. For example, an HRO who shall remain nameless, who has been in court this week. Uh, then it's F justice and mercy is locked the bastard up forever. You know, this is a valid point. And I, and I think this is true for a lot of things, Kirsten. People think things don't matter to hell with them until it's someone they care about, right? To hell with all the drug users until you have an addict in your family, right? To hell with all you people who get divorced until you know someone who's divorced, right? Everyone is bad and who cares until someone you love or care about or you is involved, right? Um, the amount of people I, I've, I've watched juries put people away who I knew were innocent um, and not care because they're criminals and no one cares about a criminal until someone you love is a criminal. Then you care. I know I've had in my family, both addicts and criminals, both. So I'm a little bit more um, sympathetic because I've watched it in my own family, people who I love and care about. So I'm more sympathetic I think your point's uh, a valid one. They care about criminal justice until, oh, it's that guy. He's the bad guy. Put away. You remember something, and I hope you guys remember this. When Cuomo was first accused of, of harassing all those women, I did not hammer him. Do you remember that? No doubt I do not like Cuomo. No doubt I never did. No doubt I think he's a horrible human being and said it more than once clear. There's no doubt I'm on record not liking that man. He's a horrible human being. And I don't just mean policy. I mean him. And I was very specific on him more than once. And then he was accused. You guys remember what I did? I said, even he deserves due process. And that's a man that I hate. And I said, even him. And I shut my mouth until the report came out. I was like, I'm not done. Nothing until the report came out. So I'm with you, Kirsten. I try my best. I try my best to walk the walk and talk the talk. It's hard. I wanted Cuomo to go down really bad. And when he went down, and, and I was, if those of you remember, I was literally giddy when he resigned. Like, I was giddy. I was like, oh, I, didn't, I don't do it myself, right? I was like, oh, I got the vapors. I was so happy because uh, some of you don't remember this. I was on the radio when he resigned. So I was live when he resigned. I was giddy. I was so happy. But even then, I said, let me wait until he got his due process. And I feel like so many people have put that, 18-year-old who shall remain nameless 
either on a pedestal as perfect and all awesome or the worst human being on the planet before the trial even happened. Now, luckily, people have seen that and some people have actually the mind has been changed. Which, you know what? Kudos to those people who actually watched and went, oh, oh, that's not what I thought. Kudos for those. Happy. Um, but your point's still valid, Kirsten. Still valid. Yes. Joe says, but Larry, I hear most people are libertarians, they just don't know it. But libertarian candidates often don't get more votes than Republicans Democrats. Yes and yes. One, I think a lot of people are libertarians. But it's easy to be a libertarian when you're not hurting. That makes sense. But when you're hurting, you want help, right? If you're in trouble, you want help. That's just human nature. And if the systems aren't set up for your community to help you, which is what a libertarian world would be full of, right? In a more libertarian world, the communities are there to, to help, there to assist, right? There are communities and little groups that are going to help someone who's in trouble. But when government dominates that to the point where it basically pushes all the community out and all that's left is either government or government-funded agencies, one or the other, then government becomes your only way to help. Well, if government helps, who's in charge of your gerrymandered district? Is it a Democrat or is it a Republican in, in, in charge of your Democrat, in, in charge of your, your gerrymandered district? Well, that's who you look to because there's no one else. So I think they would be if we had a world where communities could step in and help. I think that'd be true. Sadly, many many cases, it isn't. So yes. Um, this where he says to me, libertarianism is, a, is my lifestyle. I think that's true with me too. I think I parent very libertarian. I think my business is very libertarian. I think my leadership is very libertarian. I would agree. I think it is for me too. Yeah. So Shelly says, I was told, what? I was told to stay away from you because you an issue with the young girl. So I looked it up and this person, a Democrat, was referring to the debate aging and with the crazy guy. Oh. Oh, okay. Thank you for looking it up. I've not had an issue with young girls. Okay. I guess I do. I don't know. So, yes, I have two daughters and we have issues. So, I guess he was kind of right. So, um, Jeff says, I've been encouraged by the increase in young people I've seen in photos from events, Liberty Movement. We have to be able to reach young people and help them understand what is really what reality what is reality as opposed to what the indoctrination machine has instilled in them jeff you are completely correct i did many events this last week and one of them was in albany and the albany event filled with with people in their 20s and 30s filled and still had people who were gray-haired 50s 60s 70s 40s all mixed if any of you um noticed the, the event last night putnam county all mixed young older middle-aged there were people who were in their 20s to people who were in their 70s in that room. That is how we work. And I actually did the hand count, if anyone noticed. <laughs> Last two events, did a hand count. And what I'll often do when I remember is I'll, I'll in the room, I'll say, how many people in this room are right now or were recently registered Democrat? A hand or two will go up. How many people in this room, either now or recently registered Republican? Hand or two will go up. And people right now, or recently registered third party, um, libertarian or third party. Hannah, go up all the time. I'll have all three there and I'll have a difference in age from 20 somethings, sometimes teenagers, sometimes 18, 19 year olds, sometimes 16, 17 year olds show up. 
right, to our events. It's true. The liberty movement is a very diverse movement. Lots of different people in it, 100%. I mean, I think if you see my pictures I show, I often take pictures of the people who are there. Ah, it's tons. Different, all, different, all different, yes. So, all right. Keith says, but Larry, I love the but Larry's. Uh, what are, in your opinion, the initial steps to changing culture the status quo would be most likely to agree with since those in power are not usually open to changes to their system? By adding and not subtracting. What does that mean? You'll hear me often come up with policies like this. I usually don't do, you know, there's government. Knock it down. Get rid of it. Abolish it. That's scary for many people. They don't want to do it. They'll want to fight. And remember something. Government is usually two things, a monopoly and a jobs program. So when you knock something down as government right away, there's nothing there to fill the gap. So people who expect a service or some help have nothing right now. It's number one. And number two, it's a jobs program. So a bunch of people out of business don't have jobs. So doing that like that is going to make people afraid, scared, mad at you, whatever the case may be. You might go, but there'll be something better behind it. Probably, but tough to tell that person who's just lost their job. And who knows when that new thing comes up? Is it, does it come up in one week, one month, or one year? How long do they have to wait? It's tough. A better way is to say, here's the government, monop- here's the government monopoly. Here is something that competes with it. Let's add an option. In fact, let's add two or three options. As we allow for other options, I think that's how you do it. Because usually most people, when you bring something new, aren't going to try it. They're just not. One of them is going to try it, right? Someone's going to go, you know what? I'm going to try this new thing. And as early adopters try the new things, others go, oh, this works. Let me try it. And before you know it, government has only two options. One, get better. Two, go away. I'll take either of those. So that's what begins to happen. So I think that's how you do it. You, you, you do it by addition, addition of options, more choice. Jenna says, Larry, what will you change about the VAC mandate in New York State? I healthcare workers, school districts, et cetera. Well, I mean, it should be obvious. Maybe I, I haven't been obvious. I am 100% pro-consent. Mandates don't work, are not a good idea, will only hurt in the long run. They're a terrible idea. So there won't be any. The The issue will be, y- you should do, Janice, what you think is right for your body, for your health, and for the health of those people who you're in charge, whether those are elderly parents you're taking care of, or whether they're young children that you're, you know, guarding, you're guarding over. Whatever it is, it's your job, not mine. If for some reason you want my opinion, I'm happy to give you whatever opinion that I can give you if you somehow want it. I'm not a doctor. Don't claim to be doctor, a doctor at all, but I'm happy to I'm happy to yap and give you my opinion. That's fine. But my opinion is in no way binding upon you. If you agree with it and you go, yeah, that makes sense, Larry. Please go do it. If you go, Larry, yeah, thank you for your opinion, but I don't believe any of that. Okay. Totally fine. So there would be none. I don't know why I would. I, I'm a libertarian. You have to decide what's right for your life, for your family, for your kids. I am not anti-vax. I am not anti-mask. I'm not anti any of that stuff. I am pro-consent. You should do what you feel is correct. That's what I feel. I hope that was clear. All right. Um, Dixie says, I literally know no one that believes the problem with the duopoly. 
Oh, Dixie, look at you. Pour, you're pouring water on our fire. What are you doing? Oh, all right. <laughs> Fine. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. I know people who have a problem. However, um, there aren't that many. You're right. There are a lot who, who, who still think it's fine. They love their parties. I had a 23-year-old tell me that I was wasting my vote, which was the most disheartening thing to, to hear because I had hope in the younger generation that they were woke enough to fight duopoly. I'm still unbelieving that things are on the rise. Dixie, let me give you the opposite, if I could, the feeling that I have. As many of you know, I've been on the phone calling lots of people. Um, I, did, I sent an email blast, getting more people to call me, back and forth. I'm on the phone a lot talking to people. And I'm talking to some people who I haven't, talking to, I haven't talked to in years, right? They're uh, former, for, former uh, business associates, friends from years ago. And many of them, I'm sure, in 2018, did not vote for me. I live in New York City. A lot of my friends did not vote for me. The Democrats, and they voted Democrat. They liked their party, and they voted Democrat. Yep, they voted for Cuomo. I know lots of them did, who are my friends who did anyway. I get it. I'm not mad at them, because to your point, Dixie, they love their parties. It's fine. But now, since I've reached out, I have a few of them now who are like, you know what, Larry, maybe I was wrong. You know what, Larry, I'm seeing this. You know what, Larry, what you're saying makes sense. You know what, Larry, I'm going to do a fundraiser for you. I'm having that happen now. It's not in mass, to your point. I don't have all my friends didn't go, oh, my God, we were wrong. We're so sorry. I wish that it happened. That, that didn't happen. But more of them now are talking. So I have some hope. And I did preface this, Dixie, which, with I am biased. And even a little bit of a change does motivate me. So that's what I think. So, yes. So, all right. Um, let's see if I can do this. Gene says, that's the idea I have for healthcare prepayment, no need for insurance. Um, yeah, I think that that's fine. Some people do it. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. So, Andrea says, thinking of switching to a functional doctor. A functional doctor. Okay. They mix Western medicine with holistic approaches. Huh. Okay. They don't take insurance. So I wish I, I could just take my premiums and put them in an HSA. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, you know what? You know what? That's a, yes. That's a, a great idea. Well, look, there should be more of that. The government should assist with that more. And we could even do it with Medicaid, Medicare in theory, um, and get people to use this. Because what's happening now, and many of you see it, is that, there's becoming a two-tiered healthcare system. The wealthy go to the best doctors who don't take insurance, and everybody else goes to whatever's left. That's what's starting to happen already. So we have to change that completely. We have to see that. So I, I agree with you. All right. Um, Byron says, it's simple and is what's happening now. We need to keep pushing those in power to flip to a principle of freedom. Biden called the emergency meeting with his staff today because we are pushing back. The ruling class hates it when the serfs push back. This is true, Byron. This is true. But remember something. It isn't just the ruling class. Yeah, I have to put an and on this. It isn't. It's the ruling class. And it's their grifters. It's their funders. It's all of them. And sadly, a lot of people who are making money, um, even as workers. Yes. So. Um. Dan says, I don't think it's inflation. I think there's vandalism. I'm not 
sure where you're going with it. You're saying it's done on purpose, but that would still be inflation, wouldn't it? Or you, I'm not sure we're going with that one, Dan. Are you saying that there's inflation because people are doing things to, to force it, to, to break the system? Can you go again? I'm not sure where you're going with that one. I'm sorry about that. I'm not getting that one. Shelly says, stagflation was better in the 70s than, than what we have now. I, I, see, Shelly, I'm with you. I'm with you. Still, stagflation sucks. David, I'm not saying stagflation's good. It still sucks. I'm missing. If I got to pick one, I'm with Shelly on this one. I'm going to pick that one if I got to pick. If, right? Both things are bad. Which one's less bad? Um, me and Shelly going with that one. Yes, absolutely. So, Missy says, support the sharp way. Yeah, Missy's right. You should. Subscribe, share, comment, and hit the notification bell. If you don't, you want to help out, go to the YouTube page, subscribe to the YouTube page, click notifications. Specifically, the Sharpway YouTube page, click that YouTube page, notifications. Get notifications all the time. You see constantly Facebook shutting me down and shadow banning me. So you can go to YouTube, click notification, bing, get the email. Not too shabby. You can do it on Sharpway and on Larry Sharp, both of them. They're two cool, separate ones. The politicians are the grifters. Uh, okay. Point taken, David. Point taken. They are. Um, yes, technically you are correct. I was trying to show a distinction, though, but technically you are correct. Point taken. Yes. All right. <laughs> it's very good. All right. Selena says, they need the illusion that they're spending it on us. Oh, Yes. I think that's very true, right? So it's for the children. Yeah, you're right. The illusion is they're they're saving us. That's true. Because now we can act like well, well, come on, they're 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 fixing the roads as we have the same road problems we've had forever, and we just get larger budgets. Yeah, that's true. Yes, Ryan says we are all more and more dependent upon the government every day by design. All right, you trying to make me feel bad, Ryan? Man. <laughs> I'm all motivated, feeling good, right? It's all good. And then all of a sudden, now I got people like, ah, Dixie pouring water on me. <laughs> Without Ryan pouring water. <laughs> all right, guys. Man, making me feel bad now. It's fine. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not. But, yeah, it's it's, it's true. Yes, absolutely. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, Shelly asks, is it true that we lost the baby in Afghanistan was handed was handed to the last one. I don't think that's true. If I remember the story, they were handed, the baby was handed to Marines, to Marines, and they didn't lose the baby. The baby went to, was it Germany? I forgot, but we didn't lose that baby. No, we did not. No, that baby, yeah, that baby was okay. I, if I remember the, the baby you're talking about, I think, yes. So, Corey says, who, in, who influenced you more? And Rand, a little bit more Mises. Hmm. When I read Ayn Rand, I wasn't a libertarian. Well, I wasn't officially a libertarian yet. My my journey of libertarianism, um, I think, began with my teaching, my my actual day job. Um, I was teaching um, post-industrial leadership, and one of my mentors in that is a guy named Robert Ringer. I read his books. I can't look at my mentor, but I guess he was, but he, we, didn't, we don't really know each other. Um, we know of each other. How about that? Um, so I read his books and read his blog. And Robert Ringer is an objectivist, which means someone who 
you know, um, follows Ayn Rand. I'm not an objectivist, but he is. And he said, I should read, you know, Atlas Shrugged because he's an objectivist. So I said, all right. And I read it. So I think I was influenced by Ayn Rand, but it didn't make me libertarian and I'm not, and it did not make me an objectivist. It made me rethink some things and think differently about a lot. So I'm happy. I read, I read, I read, uh, Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged. And it did make me think differently about things. So maybe Ayn Rand. Yeah, maybe Ayn, Ayn Rand. Yeah, I think so. I have to go because that kind of moved me towards it. It made me open to hearing somebody like Gary Johnson and going, oh, wait a minute. Huh. These, these libertarians, there's something else. So I, I think I'd have to probably say Ayn Rand. So hope that answers your question. All right. Uh, let's see here. Jean says, today someone at my work was talking about her husband who had COVID-19, went to three hospitals before he found one that had a bed for him. Wow. Wow. Now he's on an incubator. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. That's terrible. She started yelling about people who talk about their rights. She asked, what about our rights to get health care when we need it? It's terrible. Well, let me let me answer that question for her, Jean. The person who's in charge of hospital beds in New York State is our governor. Was His Majesty King Andrew Cuomo II. It is now Her Majesty, Her Grace, the Honorable Queen Hochul, Queen Kathy. She is now the one in charge. To get hospital beds, you have to get what's called a certificate of need. The state hands them out. Prior to COVID, we had about 50 to 51,000 hospital beds in New York State. Now it's been almost two years. Guess how many hospital beds we have? 50 to 51,000. No change. Who could have changed it? The king and now the queen. What if I wanted to change it or you wanted to change it? We can't. It's against the law. Hospital beds can only be moved by the government. So if you want to have a hospital bed, the right, if there is one, is being stopped by the government. I would ask you, how many times, say you want to get LASIK eye surgery or cosmetic dentistry, how many times has there not been a cosmetic dentist in your area? Almost never. Somehow they figure it out and they get the right number of, you know, dentist chairs and, uh, you know, anesthesiologists for body enhancements. They seem to find the right amount for them, don't they? Hmm. Weird how when you just let doctors and patients work together to find answers, they find answers. Do you think that if hospitals didn't have to wait for the government to authorize more beds, that they would have learned from last year and now, wait a minute, this is seasonal. So maybe we should get some more beds ready for October and November. Any business would have done that. Hospitals can't. So I get she's angry. I would be too if my loved one was on an incubator. I'd be angry too. I'm only asking you or her, if she happens to be watching, you can direct your anger at the governor of New York. They're the one directly responsible. And I mean directly responsible for all the hospital beds in New York State. Think about what I just said and how really stupid that is. That's our system. Our governor 
is responsible for all the hospital beds in New York State. That's our system. And even after COVID and all the lockdowns, we didn't change it. That's how broken we are. So I understand why she's angry. I agree. And I hope her husband comes out and comes out quickly and has no long-term damage. That would be terrible. Okay. Let me keep moving on if I can. So, all right. Keith says, I love that this quiz, among other things, shows that many people, libertarians, didn't realize it. Yes. I try to get people to take on their phone. Oh, I like that. On their phone. Even nicer. By the way, some of you guys want to know, Keith Zallinger, he is a mentalist. We did an event. Was it last week? Was it Keith? We got a week before. I've actually forgot. I've been running around so much. I don't remember what week it is now. Week or two ago. He was very good. He got the whole group of people thinking. I don't want to give his show away, but he influenced people to see things that didn't exist. I'm not joking. Keith's good at what he does. If you want a cool mentalist, you should hire him. Text him. Hire him. Facebook him. Whatever. It was very good. I emceed the show. It was. I liked it. Good comedy. Had a Lou Perez. Had Aaron Berg as 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 a comedians. Very funny as always. And Keith did like Keith did three sets of four. Keith did three or four sets. So it was pretty good. He was like guessing cards and all kind of cool stuff. It was good. So thank you. All right. Ed says, sorry I missed you in Delhi last week. Yes, for those of you who are not in New York, that says Delhi. It's not. It's Delhi. That's how it's pronounced, pronounced in New York State. I need to make sure I'm around the next time you're close. It's pretty sad when you have a new tractor supply in your town that can't open because of supply. Ah, that is bad. Tractor supply and those, yeah. From what I gather, they're waiting on the fixtures to finish the store. It's a sad time when the chains can't even officially open uh, Open a faceline quickly. Agreed. Yes, it's a problem. And I'm going to be around. I'm I'm traveling again. I'm heading, uh, but I'm heading more towards Western New York, November 20th. I'll be closer in your area. Schoharie County is closer in your area. Um, and Ulster County, uh, the weekend of December 4th. If you want to check it out, you can go to LarrySharp.com slash events, and you will see where I will be um, if we can uh, make that happen. So, yes, please go ahead. Lepke says, the anarchists in the LP turn me off and keep me from getting involved in a party. You know, I I do hear that, right? And let me talk to, to the anarchists who are listening and to the non-anarchists who are listening. To the, anar- to the non-anarchists who are listening, we need the anarchists. We do. And some people get mad when I say it, but we do. The ANCAPs and anarchists in this party, they are the North Star of the party. You will never see me tell you you should get rid of them or purge them. You'll never hear me say that. Because if we get rid of them, if we make that purge, which I think is a terrible idea if we do it, this party will become either, it will become democrat light or republican light, depending on who comes here first. I don't want our party to become democrat light or republican light. If we purge the anarchists, if we purge the ANCAPs, that is guaranteed to happen. They are our North Star. They are where we should be pointing the nation towards and start walking towards the direction. We are walking in the opposite direction right now. We got to walk towards them. We got to be looking towards them for where we're going. They are the North Star of the party. I don't want them to leave. The North Star of the movement. They don't. They should. They need to stay. They. You never hear me say get rid of them. They need to stay. Now to the anarchists. Man, you guys can be jerks sometimes. You just can. 
I'd like you to not be so jerky sometimes because Lefty's right. You guys can be jerks. You can be right. You can be righteous without having to be jerks. Now, not all of you are jerks, please, but some of you are really loud and really jerky, and you don't have to be that way. But I would ask the anarchists who are listening and ANCAPs who are listening, please refrain from being a jerk and be more of a teacher. When I bring people to the party, and I bring lots of people to the party in the movement, and when I bring them, they're not anarchists when I bring them to the movement. In fact, many of them aren't even libertarians when I bring them to the movement. They're just interested. They're just lie-curious. That's all they are. They're lie-curious. And you go, wait, you're lie-curious? You're not an ANCAP? What's wrong with you? You're not an anarchist? Oh, my God. Don't do that. Instead, just go, okay, let me show you something. Teach. Be nice. Explain. Give them a book. Many things you can do, anarchists, ANCAPs. You don't have to be jerks about it. I guess some of you are going to be a jerk to me now about me saying that, but it's fine. That's kind of who you are. But Lefke, your point's a valid one. Sometimes they can be jerks and we need them. So we got to have them. Without them, we don't have, we don't, without them, we don't have a real party. I know it sounds crazy, but we need them. We need to have them for the party. And man, they can be jerks sometimes. So if you listen to me, jerky and caps and anarchists, if you are doing that, I'd like you to chill a little bit, bring it down a notch. Teach and mentor more, not as much yelling and scolding. The uh, the ANCAP scold is not going to help. That's what I would say. All right. Um, Jermaine says, 1913 was an absolute worst year for America. Uh, I know where you're going with this already, Jermaine, and I, I'm already going to say yes. I'll read it, but I'm already with yes. 1930 gave us the 60th Amendment, IRS, the Federal Reserve. Yes. Prior to 1913, there was no income tax or uh, or IRS. Yes. Americans kept 100% of their earnings before the 16th Amendment 1913? Yes. The founding fathers wrote in the original constitution without an income tax to prevent citizens from becoming tax slaves, to prevent the government from becoming tax tyrants? Yes. Prior to 1913, the government funded schools, roads, military hospitals, infrastructure? Yes, yes, and yes. All yeses, Jermaine. All yeses. Yes, that's all. So Yes. All right. Um, Corey says, true or false, you become a libertarian when you realize force is wrong. You become you become when you realize there is no exception. Um, both of those are wrong, Corey. Both incorrect. Both are false. Um, force is not wrong. Initiation of force is wrong. And there is a difference. Force is not wrong. Initiation of force is wrong, right? Killing is not wrong. Murder is wrong. There's a difference. So if you're going to play true or false, you got to be severely, you know, clear on that. So I would say that's not, that neither is correct. And when you say there's no exception, of course there are exceptions. There are exceptions to force. Of course, self-defense is one of them. Absolutely. So yes, um, neither of those is true. False and false. All right. Um, Jermaine then goes, Republicans are red, Democrats are blue. Neither party cares about you. Nicely done. Yes, nicely done. All right. Um, Let's hear. David says, one of two. Larry, I draw disability income from SSA, and I work towards having a separate income based on me, so when it eventually goes away, I can depend upon myself. 
I like that one. Let me see if I can find your second one, David, before. Okay, there we go. Not all on disability are in the mindset to, to this. What is the current option of to get disabled once to with the handouts? Um, this is a great question. The, the first piece is, I don't think we want to just take away the handouts, right? It, I forgot who asked me. Was it Keith who asked me? I don't remember who asked me saying that, you know, how do you, how do you make that shift, right, into uh, how do you make that, that shift in the, into, into a way that people would accept it? I don't want to just take away handouts. People need help, David. There's lots of people who need some form of assistance, tons, people on disability, people who have the problems, people who um, fall down, people who are addicts. I mean, so many reasons, right? Uh, people get divorced and have kids, their spouse dies. There's so many reasons why people need help. The goal is to have community ways of, of picking up the slack. I would never want to take away anybody's handout until the community is prepared, right? Just because I don't want government doing it doesn't mean I don't want it done. I want people to be helped. I want people to be helped by a community, not helped by the government, right? And right now, that doesn't really exist in most cases. There are some exceptions, obviously. But the reality is what a government does is a government services you. They don't really help, if that makes any sense. They service so, David, in your case, they're giving you something, right? Here is a check or here is some assistance or here is a checkbox services, whatever the thing is. But to your point, you're saying not on disability, have the right mindset. Why would they? The government isn't trying to help. It's trying to service. Communities would try to help. A community can do its best, if it can, to try to put you back into the community to the best of your ability. If you're disabled physically, mentally, whatever the case may be. And I, and I brought this up before. There are uh, people who are on the spectrum who will have trouble, in many cases, um, having many types of jobs. But in certain cases, someone on the spectrum, depending on where they are on the spectrum, would actually do better in certain jobs. One of those cases, and this is a very specific case, the spectrum is very broad, but in one case, certain pe- groups of people who are on a spectrum do very well with data entry, meaning someone fills out a form, they complete the form and put it into a computer program. If you're there on the spectrum, that's a great job for you because you get it, you like it, you'll do it, boom, life is good, you can be on your own, you make money, the work, the the, the bosses love it, all good. But how do you figure that out? Government didn't figure that out. Community did. People were trying to find places for the people in the community to survive and work and thrive. And one guy's like, how about this job? And the guy was on the spectrum. He did it. And he was like, this is the greatest job in the world. And the guy's like, this guy's great at it. He just, he just knocks it right out. Oh, my God. Just does it. He loves it. Shows up on time. Does the work. Gets paid. Guy gets raises because he's doing so good. And they let him out. And the guy's happy. Lives in his own house. Does his own thing. Life is good. So I think community makes that happen. So when we can foster more community groups and community centers that can support people who need help, not just those on the spectrum. I made that up because of a, a, a family member I know is on the spectrum. But there are others who have other physical disabilities, other issues, and just bad things happen. Again, spouse dies, who's the breadwinner, and now you're stuck with two kids and no income. We have to have community foster that first. That's how we handle people. We don't just go take it away. Foster the, the, the competition. The community will always, in my view, will always outshine the government. And when it does, government gets better or goes away. 
But in either case, community supports. I hope I answer your question. So, all right. Craig says, quote from extreme right-wing rag, New York Times. <laughs> yes, extreme right-wing rag. That's what I'm saying, Craig, New York Times. Eventually, the cost of organizing our lives around the virus will exceed the benefits. In some cases, we have already reached that point. Yeah. We reached that point a long time ago. Extreme right-wing rag known as the New York Times. Yes, we reached that point a long time ago. I mean, like a long time ago. Yes, that's very good, Greg. I love that. Hey, people are getting it. It's my point, right? Maybe people are starting to become a bit more libertarian. See that? Maybe a little bit. A little bit. So you guys are trying to pour water on me. See? Craig's on my side. Thanks, Craig. Craig's on my side. There we go. All right. Um, Sean says, control breeds bad behavior. It breeds rebellion. I'm not sure bad behavior, because sometimes rebellion is good behavior. So depends on who's judging the behavior, Sean. Is the controller judging the behavior? You are correct, sir. Is the oppressed judging the behavior? Uh, I'm not sure that's accurate. That makes any sense. I mean, depends on who's judging the behavior is where we go. But it definitely breeds rebellion. That's what I would say. You can decide if rebellion is good or bad behavior. Um, you might change that. So, yes. All right. All right. Um, let's see here. And we need less government officials and less government official help. Yes and yes. Absolutely. Michelle says, have you thought about a running mate? Not not yet to be forward with you, right? I, I have to worry about what makes the most sense. Who still wants to do it, right? Um, it's a year. It's a year of not working. It's a year of 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 committing to this. So I don't know yet. And a lot of people just wouldn't want to do it. I mean, my last work day was last week. And I will not be working again for a year. So no salary for me for a year. How many people can do that? Not many. So it'll be tough for that. So it's it's not it's not an easy ask, if that makes sense. It's not an easy ask. Uh, uh, Bernard says, it would be great if the LP national state affiliates had commercials showing how the duopoly got us to this point versus libertarian principles and policies. I'd gladly support that campaign. Showing how the duopoly got us to this point. That's a tough one, but I see your point, right? You'd have to find a way. Mm. It's challenging, but yeah, I think it'd be done. Because you'd have to do it in a way that wouldn't just go Democrats bad, Republicans bad. And most Americans like one or the other, right? So if you had to do that and then show, here's how Bush screwed us over, and then here's how Obama screwed us over, the odds are everyone watching liked one of those two, right? So if you're more left-leaning, you probably liked Obama. If you're more right-leaning, you probably liked Bush. So if you liked one of them, and now I'm going to go, that guy's a bad guy, you're going to be like, wait a minute, you called my hero a bad guy. So I think you do risk that too. It would be challenging is what I'm saying. You'd have, if you focused on the system and not the people, I think you could do it. But that would be the challenge. Because, I mean, to this day, you see when Obama goes out, Democrats still love him. That, that, that shine hasn't come off. Democrats still love him. So if you're going to say something that makes Obama look bad, Democrats are like, I don't want to hear that. We love Obama. Right? 
Republicans still love Trump. So you're going to say, well, Trump screwed up. They're not going to hear that. So I, you could do it, but it would have to be heavily based upon um, on the system and on the individuals that a lot of people in our country still like, depending upon whether you're left or right, obviously. So, yes. No. So, yeah. All right. Um, can people donate in coins other than Bitcoin? I only take Bitcoin, but I guess you could. And I'm going to have to get my, uh, my team to figure that one out. Guys, are you listening? You want to? We'll see. Keith says only half a Bitcoin. Sadly, Keith, yes. And why do I say that? Because the limit, I know some of you are like, I can't wait to give Larry all my money. And I, I hope you all do. But if you are, actually, I don't. I don't want you to bleed yourself out. Don't give me all your money. Um, you can give me a lot of it if you want, but don't give me all your money. I, I want to make sure that you still live well. Anyway, so my, my point being, um, the maximum anyone can give in New York State to a gubernatorial candidate is $44,000, Keith. So one Bitcoin's worth about, what, sixty-five grand now? Is that about right? I, I think I'm about right. So you can only give me half. You give me a full Bitcoin, I got to give it back to you. I can't take it. I can only take 44000 so some of you, I know Bernard was like, Larry, but I want to give you $50,000. Bernard, I know you do. I know you wrote the check already. I'm sorry. Put it, void that $50,000 check. You were guaranteed to put in the mail. Don't do it. 44 is the max. Otherwise, I get in trouble. So that's why I said half a Bitcoin, Keith. Half a Bitcoin is what, thirty-two, thirty-three thousand $33,000? It's fine. Give me half a Bitcoin. Life is good. I'm not going to complain. Take it. Yes. All right. Um, David says it took allied forces of World War II only six years to win over three formidable com- countries with complete manufacturing capabilities, reducing war material. The UN forces took 20 years in Afghanistan to win nothing while fighting a bunch of desert rabbits with no manufacturing facilities. I, I yes. <laughs> I can't say anything to that. Correct. But there's a there's a point here though, David. There was value in defeating those three countries. Reason number one: those three countries could stop or hurt or uh, impede global trade, other issues. They were doing things that would hurt our manufacturing base and our business. They would do that. Got to stop them. Plus, if we bomb them all. They can't make stuff anymore because we bombed their factories. So we're literally destroying our competition. So there's value in destroying those formidable countries, right? If we don't destroy them, then they could, you know, stop global trade, you know, stop trading oil or rubber. They could do that. And if we do bomb them, well, then they can't make stuff. And then we dominate the manufacturing. We're, We're literally bombing our competition. Makes total sense. Of course you bomb them and destroy them. Of course it would. Makes total sense. In fact, it took Allied forces six years. It took Americans only three. Right? It took Americans three. The rest of them was screwing around for three years. Then we came in three years. That's what we did. So, yes, absolutely true. But what value did it have to stop Afghanistan? There's no value in stopping Afghanistan. The value is staying in Afghanistan. The money's made People told me, they're like, I'm so mad we lost all that money because we left all those trucks and vehicles and all that equipment in Afghanistan. No, we didn't. We didn't lose any money. 
the money was made because the government paid the grifter companies to make the stuff, to make the trucks and to make the tanks and the bombs and rocket launchers. So the money was made. The grift was made. The grift was in, in, in getting the government to keep buying all that stuff and stockpiling in Afghanistan and losing a war with it. If they had won the war, then they can't keep building the bombs and the trucks and the Humvees and stuff. So why would you want to win the war? You can't keep taxing the government. I'm sorry. You can't keep stealing the money from the government to make more trucks and bombs and tanks and rocket launchers. So you don't want to win the war in Afghanistan. That's not helpful. So you want it to go as long as you possibly can. Well, they got all the equipment. It's already paid for. Do you think anybody, to be fair, do you think any of the grifter class, any of the military industrial complex, care what happened to any of that equipment? They don't care if it gets blown up, bombed, destroyed, blown up on a mine, left there. They already got their money. They made the truck. They got the check. They don't care what happens to the truck anymore. Let it blow up. Let it burn. Let the Afghanis keep it. Who cares? They don't care. To be fair, neither should we. We already paid for it. We already threw it in the garbage. It was already, our money was already wasted. But Larry, now they have it over there. They're not coming over here. They got no Air Force. They got no Navy. They're not coming over here. They're going to use that to kill themselves. They're going to fight their own civil wars again. Or they'll fight their neighbors or whoever they're going to fight. They're not fighting us with that anymore. Only time they're fighting us is if we go over there. I hope we don't. But we might because we can do another 20-year grift. So your points are valid one day. But you're right in everything. But there was, it made sense for the military industrial complex to defeat the Germans and the Japanese and the Italians. It made no sense to defeat the uh, uh, Afghanistans, Afghanis. So we didn't. Why bother? I hope that made sense. <clears throat> All right. Um, Jonathan says, I've heard mankind's best ability is our ability to adapt and doing so quickly, but almost to our detriment. COVID showed us a glimpse. I just want to see that critical thinking, fighting spirit in Americans strive for more. It's another point. Yes. Michelle says, question, Cuomo had the war chest from hell. Did he get to keep it or was it passed in Hogel? No, he keeps it. Uh, He has about, if I remember right, about $20 million in his war chest. He keeps it. He holds onto it right now. And how it works is there are many ways that that they're able to deal with that money. If I was him, and that would mean I would have no conscience whatsoever, um, I would just bribe somebody with it to make sure I don't go to jail. I'm not joking. That's what I would do if I had no conscience like he has no conscience. I would go to someone like Tish James and say, hey, Tish, you don't want to put me in jail, do you? And she said, what do you mean? I got $5 million I can put into your campaign legally because it's Democrat to Democrat. They can just do it, right? Party to party. I can throw $5 million in your campaign and I could just not get arrested. And if she goes, that's too obvious. So no, you're getting arrested. Okay, then I guess I'll just give Kathy Hochul $10 million to fight against you. Oh, don't do that. Don't arrest me. So if I'm him, that's what I do. Yes, he keeps the $20 million because he can do whatever he wants with it. He can hold on to it if he wants to. He can run again for anything else. He can use it as long as he's using it for a political reason, he can do so. That was something very interesting. Say, for example... He likes a certain, I don't know, um, college, or he likes a certain um, think tank. We'll call it the Democratic Think Tank of America. I made that up. Don't know if it exists. He could donate a bunch of it to that. It's a think tank. It's a political think tank. So he'll donate $5 million to that. And then they'll give him a job. That's a five-year contract. 
a million dollars a year. I'm not joking. That happens. He bought himself a job. So he can buy himself a job. And do they care? No. He'll be a spokesperson. They'll just pay his money back to him. That's it. He gives them a, 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 a he gives them a basically a loan. Right? He, he basically gives them a, a tax-free loan. I mean, an interest-free loan. Or worse, he gives them $7 million, and then they give him a million-dollar-a-year job for five years. So they keep $2 million. So that's the kind of thing he'll do with it. So he keeps his war chest. Yes, he does. And he can do whatever he wants with it. As long as it's political, he can do anything he wants with it. And he, he will. Odds are he'll keep it or he'll try to become a kingmaker. <clears throat> he'll decide who he wants to be the next, you know, whatever, mayor, governor, whatever. And he'll just put their money into it or he'll put money into a pack that will support them. Right. So he'll say, I'll put $5 million into a pack to support, say, Tis James as an example, if she doesn't arrest him or whatever the case may be. So am I saying he is doing that? I don't know. Is he the kind of person that would? 100% yes. That's the kind of thing he would do without question. So yes, he keeps his money. As long as he uses it for political reasons, he can. Can he funnel it to himself? Launder it? Of course he can. He can launder the entire thing to himself, right? By purchasing things and owning them and absolutely. Or he can give to others. So yes, he keeps it all. All right. Ness says, anyone else think some policies of the Libertarian Party are a bit too radical? Something that made me support Larry Sharp is, from what I saw, he has more moderate Libertarian policies. Um, some of them are. I think you're right. And I think that's the core of the party. Um, the In many cases, you'll find that platform can be radical also. I think it's true. I'm not against it. But remember, each individual still has their own issues. And there's a difference between activism and candidacy, right? An activist is very often bombastic and very often talks a lot of trash because they kind of do, right? Um, and that's okay. They're trying to get attention and get able to understand who they are and, and what they're trying to achieve. Candidates have to have actual plans to get things done. And plans rarely can be that radical. They have to be in the perfect world. And I try this all the time. You want the plan to be radical enough to get noticed, but familiar enough to be accepted. That's a challenge, and I don't always get it right. But I try my best, Ness, to have both of those, to make it radical enough to be noticed, but familiar enough to be accepted. You're right, though. Some Libertarian Party, they're not. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Follow the individual who is running, because some people want radical. Some people don't. So, yeah. William says, half a coin. It's not a lot. It's half a coin. Greedy guys. I love that. There we go. So, yes. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, some Democrat voters actually consider Democratic politicians as their rulers. I agree. That's true. I, I've seen them. I, I, I've seen it. That's accurate. I've seen it. You're totally correct. So, all right. Anarchists and Libertarian Party would turn off normal people. They often do. They often do. That does happen. And I still think it's something we have to deal with. They matter. They're important. So, yeah, yes, and you know, look, there's there's crazy people in Democrats and and in the Republican parties too. They turn people off. We have them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, Justin Amash, twenty twenty four. We need a popular candidate that will get free ads via media and polls. Need a name someone knows to get that. I would agree. I, I, I'm not fighting you on that. I agree completely. Yes, hundred percent. Uh, Jonathan says, always good to have help. Yep. All right. Spike the White House. I like that. Spike the White House. 
that's good. Absolutely. All right, uh, Logic. Damn, never seen that many people in the chat. This is awesome. I know you guys are going. I love it. Keep going. Don't stop. Yes, 100%. All right, so I can do this. All right. Larry didn't like Cuomo. What? I know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, I expected, David says, I expected Cuomo to resign a day later. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ed says, speaking of more government, why is New York jumping on the bandwagon of banning the sale of gas-powered lawnmowers and leaf blowers, etc.? These things have the smallest tanks put out, smallest exhaust, virtuous thing for the environment? Yes, a lot of it is. Remember this, Ed, most of this is. Remember, it's like banning straws, all these things. It is virtual signaling. It's what it is. It's look, we're doing something. Meanwhile, nothing changes. Yes, I don't like it a bit, he says. I love my mowers, chains, et cetera. None of that will work as well in electric form. Nothing's secret anymore. It's started with guns. I like the regulation on everything. Yes. See, I look at regulation as what was supposed to be. Regulation was supposed to be not to control. Regulation was to make regular. And in the market, that's a smart thing. Meaning, as an example, you would, ex- you would say things like um, all liquids to include gas the United States will be measured in gallons. That is to make regular. That type of regulation I'm fine with. I'm not saying how much you can buy or not buy or whether you can buy it or not. I'm just saying if you sell it, you must sell it somehow measured by gallons. That's to make regular. That's all. And that's not a that's not a bad regulation if you had something like that, right? Or must be sold in liters or whatever. I, I don't care what you're doing. You're making it regular. So everybody understands this much of the gas is this much. Okay, set your own pricing, sell as much as you like, but we know how how it's sold. That would be regular or contract law. You understand what a contract is, what's expected in the contract, what words in the contract mean. That's to make regular. Those types of regulations, I'm totally fine with because that doesn't say I can't buy the gas. It says that if you buy gas and you have a loan, here's what the words mean alone. Here's what's expected. Here's what an interest rate means. That is to make regular. These are wonderful regulations if that was what it was. As you and I both know, Ed, that is nowhere near what it is now. Um, and that's my problem. It really should be to make regular. It should not be to punish or to stop. That's the issue. Yes. All right. Um Let's see here. Juggling junk removal. Thank you. Hello, Larry. Sharp question for you. Will you keep doing AMAs when you're governor, even if they are more spread out as ways to get to with the people? Yes. And the reason why I even did this in the first place was because of exactly this. I, I'm pretty sure it was Giuliani in, in New York who started this. I, I, I'm not 100%, but I remember Giuliani. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, when he was a gov- uh, sorry mayor of New York City, you should do Thursdays on WOR, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m., if I'm not mistaken, where he would do an hour and take phone calls. When he, when he left, Bloomberg came in and he copied it. Bloomberg also did it. So he copied, Bloomberg copied um, Giuliani. I don't remember if Giuliani copied Dinkins or not. I don't remember. I don't know if Dinkins did it. I don't, I don't remember Giuliani. So that's what I remember that happening. So I, I took it from them. So yes, of course I was to do it. This is the point. I have to be accessible, of course. How can I get anything done if I don't have the people behind me? It's impossible. How do I know what's real if I don't have the people behind me? Of course. Yes. All right. 
Um, let's see. Correct my body, not the government's. Yes, Dan, you are correct. Yes, 100%. All right. Um, Kirsten says, when COVID happened, I felt exactly the same doom I felt when the second tower was hit in 9-11. In that moment, I knew that the libertarian movement we were having right before 9-11 was over. Now I'm living in a country where the constitutionally guaranteed speed trials by jury were suspended for over a year, and U.S. citizens are indefinitely detained pre-trial. Hard to feel optimistic. Here's the difference, Kirsten, if I can give you any hope. Here's the difference. After 9-11, almost nobody was fighting the control. Like one person maybe out of a, out of a thousands. Almost nobody was. They were just like, yes, yes, 100%, yes. There's a resistance now that makes any sense. I think that is a reason that people, you should feel more satisfied or happy. There is a resistance now. There was none then. So, yeah, this, it's, it's bad, I agree. I think it's better now. I think it's I think it's better now. Yes. So. All right. Um, do you as a libertarian often get accused of being a racist right winger? I feel like a lot of left wingers feel that way about us, even though we hate the right. Um, well, two two parts to that one. Have I been accused? Yes, I have been accused, but not that much. Um, when I ran for governor. I got attacked by the right more than the left. Um, when I'm not running, I get attacked by the left more than the right. It's kind of weird. When I'm not running, the left attacks me more. When I'm running, the right attacks me more. So yes, but not that much. Not often. I would say yes, but not often. Um, I don't think we hate the right. I don't hate the right or the left. I don't hate either of them. Um, I hate the leadership of both of them. That's true. But individual people, they're doing what they feel is right. So I don't really hate, I don't hate the individuals at all. I, I hate the, the leadership that is knowingly misleading them. So yeah, absolutely. All right, um, let's see here. Ryan's that crack up when people will say libertarians can't win. I asked them to name me what they've been winning. A great grandkids debt? Well, yeah, that's true. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, Shelly says, if it's intentional, then it's vandalism. Oh, I see your point. That's what I thought he was saying, right? I get that. If that's his point, I, I get it. Uh, if that was his point, I wasn't sure. Okay, good. All right. Jason says, my employer puts out articles about the COVID situation and how they react to it. Employers can comment on this. It's unbelievable the amount of people that support mandates and want my employer to implement COVID vax mandates. Many people enjoy government telling them how to live instead of having control of their own lives. Yeah, Jason, again, it's easier when someone else is in control and not you, it's easier. The responsibility is not yours, right? It is. And you know, I have a little bit of that myself, right? In, in my own world, I spend a lot of time making decisions, being responsible for stuff in my world. And often on the weekends and I'm at home, I don't want to be responsible for anything, nothing. I just want to be told what to do. I like when my wife has a little honeydew list and says, do these things. Oh, I don't have to think what needs to be done. No. Just do these things. Great, thank you. I can be a mind-numb robot and just do the work, just move arms and legs and not have to think and not be responsible and just do stuff. There's some value in that here or there, right? When you when you often feel like there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and now someone says, let me, let me take that burden. You go, thank you. Can you just tell me what to do? 
Can you just be responsible? Can I just do what you say and just not have to be, not have to worry? And they go, yeah, I got you. And you'll go, oh, good. So I think there is some of that, if that makes any sense. There is some of that. But the other thing is, there are a lot of people who are going so far in wanting to control. Remember this, when someone is unsure of something, that's when they want more people to do it. Let me say it again. When someone is unsure, that's when they want others to do it. Why? Because when you're sure, you don't require social proof. But when you're unsure, you require social proof to validate your possible bad behavior, right? Everybody cheats in their taxes, don't they? You can cheat, don't worry, we all do it. Cheating is bad behavior. But if we all cheat on our taxes, well, then that's an okay type of cheat because we all do it, right? So I think when they're unsure, Jason, they want more social proof. Well, we're all doing it, so it must be okay, even though they're worried if it's okay. But if they're sure it's okay, why do you care? I know what I'm doing is right. If you don't want to do it, okay, good luck. But I'm not sure if it's right. You all got to do it. We're all doing this, right? We're all in, right? There's some of that too. I, I think that I think that makes sense. So, all right. Let me keep going. Um, grab there's so many, so many. You guys, you're right. There's a lot. There's <laughs> so many. I I love it. There's so many. Yes. All right. All right. Um, Gene says that the government takes our money to make themselves rich, then they throw some crumbs to appease us, and we clap, and we're happy, and we love it. And we can't get enough of it. And we say, thank you. You're 100% correct. Yes. Carl says, if my mother is suddenly libertarian, as she is, then the country isn't far behind. Oh, tell your mother I said hi. That's awesome. Yes, please. That's amazing. I love that's happening. That is so good. I love that. Tom says, with independent support leaving Biden, do you think they may gravitate towards us? Initially, no. Initially, no. They're going to gravitate towards where do I go? What do I do? The more mainstream Democrat is going to try to go Republican. And they're going to see how that feels. And if it feels okay, they're going to stay. If it feels bad, they're going to leave. If there's more people like Youngkin, Youngkin is a a nice-sounding, friendly Republican. When Democrats go to him, it's like, oh, he's nice and friendly. And that's what I want because I came from warm and fuzzy rhetoric and all of a sudden, my 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 party, the Democratic Party, got mean and nasty. So I'm going to go try you guys. And if they're warm and friendly, they'll stay. If they get other Republicans who are more aggressive and more angry and, and mad, they'll leave. And they'll find someplace else, hopefully then us. That's what I think will happen. Some of them will try to go far left. Some of them will try to go DSA, Democratic Socialists. Some will go that route also and see how they feel. Generally speaking, DSA, if you're, if you're really in their world, they're actually pretty friendly. And it sounds crazy. I've been to DSA meetings as a libertarian. I've been to Democratic Socialist of America meetings as a libertarian. They were never mean to me. Never. And I'm not trying to say I'm a DSA member. I'm obviously not. Um, but they were never mean to me. They were like, oh, like this, Larry Sharp, why are you here? There was a lot of that, but never mad. They didn't let me speak either, but it's fine. <laughs> but at least they were not mad at me. Never mean just nice, and they went about their business as if I wasn't even there. So, yes. 
Dan says the U.S. does need moving more libertarian in being skeptical of both the endless war on drugs and endless overseas wars, especially my generation, Gen Z. Something. There we go. Something. I like that. So we got a little bit here. I like that. All right. So, all right. Let me. Uh, oh, yes. Keith says that was last Thursday, 11 4. Thank you. I'm sorry, Keith. My head is exploding. Yes. Yes. He did three sets. There we go. Keith was very good, guys. You should enjoy him at, if, if that's at all possible. Yes. He was very good. I appreciate that. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Sam doing the funny ones. Um, it looks like if you look at this, it would be Delhi, Charlotte, and Chile. But this is New York. None of those is true. It's Delhi, Charlotte, Chile, New York State. <laughs> that is us. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. Very good. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's see if I can keep going. Dave says, the problem with the news media is that it's become news entertainment. Yes. It's become like a soap opera. Yes. Absolutely true. 100%. Absolutely. Shelly's on board. Totally, totally agree. Journalism appears to have lost its battle with opinion. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's keep going down here. Tom says, sorry about the jerkiness. LOL. <laughs> That's good. Yes. Everyone can be jerks. It's true. Look, it's true. I, I get it. It's true. I'm just saying, I, I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm just saying a notch. Turn it down a little bit. Chris, Chris, he's Chris already saw trash. I challenge him in a chair. Down a notch. All right? A little bit. Down a notch. Oh, you damn ancaps, anarchists. Yeah. Dan says, I sympathize with anarchists and conspiracy theorists even, but it would be very nice now and then if they would acknowledge that there's some things in their narrative that just aren't realistic. Um, you know, it's a valid point, Dan. I think you're right. Uh, understanding, understanding the current culture and knowing that just human nature is not to go from A to Z tomorrow, I think would make it better. It's a valid point, Dan. I think that would make it better. If you were, when people ask me, I always say, I would love to have a world where, you know, it was a total voluntary society. I just know we can't go there tomorrow. I want to keep moving towards that as much as I possibly can, but it's not tomorrow. And I try to be realistic on that. I agree. Yeah, I guess it would be nice. Yes. So, all right. Um, anarchy ain't the worst. It's not. Well, the problem. The problem is a good one. It's a. It's a problem. Anarchy. For the average American. They don't hear when you say the word anarchy. What they hear is chaos. Right, they hear a different world. They hear you didn't say chaos; you said anarchy. But what they hear is chaos. They get scared. They hear anarchy and they go, "What? It's going to be people shooting each other in the streets, fighting for gas. It's Mad Max and the Walking Dead combined. It's zombie apocalypse." They that's what they hear when you say it. So you'll hear me often say "voluntary society" because that's what it is. But that sounds nicer. See, I got the rhetoric, Brandon. That's what I got. I got the rhetoric. Yes. Logic says, oh, uh, save us a wise God, Queen Hokel. Tell us what God wants. We'll be your apostles. She said she wants apostles. She did say that, and she does say she talks to God. So, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, I like that. It's very good. All right. 
Um, Troy says, is, is there no way to force liberty and equality upon everyone? Is it really a violation of the NAP? Is there no way to force liberty and equality upon everyone? I think there is no way, right? How could I force liberty and equality? I, no. Yeah. I, there is no way because some people don't want to be free, so I'd be forcing it. Forcing equality would mean someone has to measure what that equality is, and then that person or persons would have then decide and make shifts and adjustments in people's lifestyles and or finances or whatever to then make it happen. So some lose and some win. So how would you force equality and liberty on people? It would have to be a violation of that, wouldn't it? Am I missing your question? Is there no way to force liberty and equality? I think there is no way. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I missing something? Is it really a violation of that? I think yes. Now, could you create a world, an environment, a state, a county, a community to where liberty and equality were the norm that the establishment would not create it or force it? I think you could do that. And if someone tried to break it, you could use force to stop them from, from, from breaking it. I think you could do that. You can make a world where there's equality under the law. You could do that. And you would st- have policies to stop it if that were to happen. I don't know how you do that. Unless I'm missing your uh, your point, and maybe I am. So, do, uh, William says, "Do we do you feel we can set up more liberty parallel institutions and be more free with destroying current institutions by force?" Yes, yes, absolutely, hundred percent, yes. And an example of that, which isn't great, but it exists, but it isn't great, is FedEx and UPS. It's not the perfect example, but we set up another institution that delivers, that did not destroy the old one by force. So I think it can be done. Yes, that, that's not a perfect analogy, but it's a, it's a close enough one to get it that makes any sense, William. The, those verse, yes, you can do it, 100%. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I hope that was, that was clear. Yes. All right, um, so if I can keep going here. Uh, John, this is, I really, really wish you receive as much coverage and media attention as Republicans and Democrats. Critical thinking and wanting something different in a broken system seems like an easy choice unless others choose to not see what's in front of them. Like you said, teach people. Yes, I agree. And the more and and the, the beggar, the more popular that shows like this get, the better chance we're going to have of making something work and getting and you know, being more popular. More people will hear it. I mean, that's really what it is. Absolutely. So, yes. All right. Um, chaos. The Committee Against Organized Society was, uh, yes, hold on. Uh, get smart, right? Is that right? They were against chaos. Get smart. Yes. Chaos is evil. Anarchy is not. Oh, I like that. Oh, Shelly. That's a very good one. I like that. Yes. Um, Stet says, the main problem I have with the two parties is warmongering. Both of them love it. Absolutely. Both of them love it. Absolutely true. Yes. So that's good. All right. What will that happen? Guys, um, I want to say, remember, please, as I as I bug you all the time, as I bug you all the time, please like, comment, and share. I know I say it. Please do it. It does matter. It is important. Absolutely. Please take care of that. If you want to support the show, take the world's multiple quiz and share it. 
and share it. It does matter, both of them, so that we can break these these um, these algorithms. And of course, if you can sponsor the show, that's awesome. You get the cash, no worries. That's awesome. If you do, ten bucks a month helps the show out. If you don't have any cash, all good. Like, comment, share is free. Political quiz is free and still supports the show. If you want to support me running around New York State, please do that. Lottersharp.com slash donate. If you got a bunch of Bitcoin like Keith does, then send me some Bitcoin. Crypto hyphen donation. Larry dot, uh, sorry, LarrySharp.com. Crypto hyphen donation. Links are right there. Enjoy. Guys, I'm going to take off now. I am going to take care of my daughter. I do have a couple daughters. Uh, I'll take care of them, and I will see you all next week.